Welcome to Chatsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chatsunami. I'm Satsunami and joining me today is my very good friend Greenshield. Ayo, good to be here. And indeed my other good friend Adam. Hello, hello, also good to be here. You're saying that now Adam, but after what Greenshield and I have made you go through for this particular episode, you probably won't be saying that after the end of this episode. (laughs) I said that through gritted teeth. (laughs) Good to be here. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, just tapping out. Don't more. lie. You, lo- you loved every moment of it. <laughs> oh, no, you're true. I-, I loved them all. I loved the gang of Tyson and Carlos. And, uh... Well, before we get into it, Greenshield, do you want to explain what we're actually going to be talking about today? Yeah, for sure. Today we are talking about Beyblade or Bakuten Shoot Beyblade, as it's officially known. I have never heard any. Well, obviously that is the name, but I've never Why heard anyone with that title. <laughs> Like, can you imagine people over here being like, actually, it's that. Oh, I, I did push my glasses up my nose. As I, oh, yeah. oh, God, I did <laughs> as well. <laughs> the, the anime push-up glasses thing. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Yeah. For, for those unaware, it was a toy. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure most are aware of that. It was a toy uh, spinning top game where you would battle um, against your opponent by letting it rip. Uh, pulling a cord and your spinning top would uh, battle against another spinning top in a bowl-shaped arena um, and the last one standing won. It was created by the Japanese toy company Takara Tomi. Um, they'd worked with Hasbro previously uh, back in the 80s making Transformers toys and worked with them with Hasbro to promote the Beyblade franchise both initially and in 2008 to start a Beyblade revival. Um, Since 2010, uh, 90 million units of Beyblades have been sold. The Beyblade, uh, as a term, is a portmanteau of the words Bigoma and Blade. Bigoma as a traditional Japanese spinning top, which influenced the Beyblade's creation, and Blade referring to the spikes and protrusions found on the tack rings of the first generation of Beyblades. Beyblades were based on the company's failed spinning top toy line, and they just added a customization aspect to that, which then instantly made it much more popular. And the toy was initially released in July 1999, which was then brought over to the West in 2002 by Hasbro. As a promotion for the toys, uh, a series and a manga was created. Uh, There are three seasons of the original series, which we watched. uh, We watched the original series today, the first and last episode of the first season. And in total, there are 154 episodes of the original series going from January 2001 to December 2003. The animation studio was Madhouse, the same as uh, the studio that made Death Note. You might, have, uh, you might remember I mentioned that last week. Um, the story follows a team called the Blade Breakers who try to win a world championship with spinning tops called Beyblades, which hold beasts inside. Along the way, they make new enemies and allies. So that's a very brief kind of synopsis of the series. What we're doing today is a little bit different from the Death Note episode. The Death Note episode was a series review going through several episodes. We're doing a new thing today called First and Last, where we're going to have our newbie to the world of anime, Adam, watch the first and last episode of a particular series. In this case, the first and last episode of the first season of Beyblades. So that's what we're doing today. 
as you were saying there, it really was a phenomenon when it actually hit the West, wasn't it? Because I wouldn't say it was the same level as like Pokemania, but it was probably in the same level as like Yu-Gi-Oh and things like that. Would you agree, Green Chief? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I uh, I have a little bit of a different kind of take uh, in a way as I grew up in Singapore at the time the Beyblade was becoming popular. And so I had a very kind of different kind of Southeast Asian kind of bubble of, of 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 interest. Like there were big tournaments in in the shopping malls. I I, I attended some of those tournaments um, when I was younger. I was absolutely obsessed. I had several arenas, loads of different Beyblades, loads of customization customizations, loads of different. I don't remember the, the the term for them now, but essentially the the cords that let you sort of rip the Beyblades. Rip cords. Uh, I had the official. Yeah, the rip cords. I had I had loads of official and knockoff versions of Beyblades. I had so many different things. I was absolutely obsessed. I watched the anime constantly. I was really, really invested in the whole Beyblade craze at the time, much more so than the likes of Yu-Gi-Oh! or uh, Digimon, but probably akin to my my interest in Pokemon. No, I was definitely the same because you honestly couldn't walk in the playground when I was growing up without like stepping over someone's Beyblade or someone saying like, oh, that kid's got an old metal Beyblade, which would have, honestly, these things like spun fast, but they were more or less like a clump of plastic you know they wouldn't have taken your hand off but yeah if you had an old metal one it would have been like a dangerous weapon but I'm actually curious turning out a new Adam surely you must have heard of this craze like at the time like what was your experience with Beyblade so I have heard of Beyblade however I have never owned I've never <laughs> played I've never held and I'm not even sure I've ever seen a Beyblade with my with my own eyes. I remember I remember that I remember hearing about but and I'm sure there were some people at my school who were into it, but I don't ever recall it being the same kind of phenomenon at my school as something like Pokemon was or even like Digimon or Yu-Gi-Oh. I remember those being much bigger. And perhaps I said I'm sh- I'm sure I remember kids talking about it. And perhaps there were perhaps I'm just forgetting I, there were some kids with Beyblades and stuff, but it just wasn't anything that ever really registered with me. All I have to admit. That's actually a real well, I, know, Sorry. I know what to get Ad- I know what to get Adam for uh, his birthday now. Yeah, I was actually gonna say I didn't want to alarm you. I was just gonna turn up at the weekend just with a whole thing of Beyblades. Oh my and just God. <laughs> like I'll I'll just start like, you know, firing you know firing them at your door until you answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know that trope in a in a rom com where he like throws like small rocks at the, uh, yeah. the window, <laughs> just on paper, just, just shatters through Jesus. the window. <laughs> Under attack <laughs> with a with a with, with, with a with a note with a note written oh, on it when it stops spinning. <laughs> Just reading it saying, let it rip. It's like, what does it mean? What does any of this mean? So yeah, as you said, Green Shield, today we're going to be taking a different approach and doing the first of our first and last series where, yeah, we tackled the very first, well, the very first season of the anime, which totally is not a plug, is it? (laughs) <laughs> for the toy it's it's definitely it's no. own wonderful heartwarming tale about a boy in these plastic cheap toy yeah i mean <laughs> we've we discussed we've discussed this before but it, i mean it's it the show is obviously made to sell the toys they cater a lot of the episodes mm-hmm. around specific different variations of the toy and i know i don't i don't remember if the original series did this as much probably it did but i know in the um, most recent series burst mm-hmm. a lot of the time 
when there's going to be a new variation of a Beyblade coming out, that Beyblade will be in the series and it will it will win. Like yeah. they'll make sure that, that that character who has that Beyblade wins. So everyone's like, oh, it's the one that won. I need to buy that one. So there's there's a lot of very gimmicky Beyblades that are are advertised and sold via the show. So what so. you're saying is this is like the anime equivalent of wrestling to sell more toys and things. <laughs> They're like, yeah, that, if this Beyblade wins, yeah, it, it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be a top seller for Christmas. Although, then again, like you were saying earlier, the amount, like the sheer amount of Beyblades that they've actually sold for this series, I honestly haven't seen a Beyblade in years, like a physical Beyblade. That's it's, funny you say that because they yeah. they are they are back in fashion at the moment. If you go into really? any toy store, um, yeah, if you, I'm, I'm sure you haven't had a, that many occasions to go into a toy store, um, recently. <sighs> when you say you presume know. about my life. <laughs> <laughs> but if yeah, you you will you will find Beyblades in there either the are- the arenas or the or the toys themselves. Like I've I, every time I go into a store over here, a post store over here, they ha- they have them well stocked. So you can still readily buy Beyblades. I'm just right. like week next week we're all gonna buy a Beyblade and review it. Yeah, <laughs> mine spins very fast. <laughs> It goes. I'm, I'm just thinking back to like when we were growing up and how popular it was because you know how some things are literally just a niche for like kids, you know, like they'll go away, they'll play with a particular toy and then it kind of like fades away and no one really pays attention to it. I always remember watching, and this is showing my age here, but I remember watching Blue Peter of all things and they were even getting into the Beyblade craze by like showing you how to like make your own Beyblade arena and things like that. So you could definitely tell how widespread this was. Some say phenomenon, others say <laughs> spinning epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's fi- it's funny you should say that because there was a lot of controversy surrounding Beyblades in lots of schools would ban them for various oh, yeah. reasons one of one of which because people were getting hurt by them even just the plastic ones spinning super fast with sharp edges like if that hits you or if you try and stop a spinning beyblade like you're gonna get if not a cut at least it's gonna scratch you and it's gonna hurt so like there was, there was there was a lot of complaints from parents and from school just at school boards and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. about beyblades being brought into school and so there were many schools that banned them do you know um, i'm i'm just i'm hearing the creaking right now of like the Beyblade fans, you know, that grew up with this series, leaning back in their chairs going, oh yeah, I did that when I was younger. <laughs> and I've still got all five of my fingers. Well, pulling up their sleeves and being yeah. like, oh, here's Gar, my Beyblade's <laughs> Beyblade made me the man I am today. <laughs> Yeah. I, I I did actually have um, some of my customizations had metal components. I had uh, one, one of which was one, one of which was a spark a spark mm-hmm. disc, and so if it connected with another Beyblade that had a metal aspect, mm-hmm. the sparks would fly off of it. Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was was the early two thousands. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, the, the closest I got to that was like, uh, th- this is going to sound so, oh, look at me, but I remember I had one where it was like, the launcher that you fired it from had like an antenna coming out of it, so you could change what direction the Beyblades could go. Oh, that's cool. It, it was really cool. It wasn't very accurate. Like, you pushed it one way and it would like, no, I forward, and you pushed the other one and it would just go into like, you know, the bin at the side of the arena to knock it out. <laughs> It'd just be like, oh, yeah, that, was always, that was always a disaster. Oh. And that, yeah. that that never that never happens in the in the anime. It always perfectly lands in the arena and doesn't mm. immediately fly off 
or go yeah. into the little bin bit. It it all it is always perfectly in the arena. Even when the arena is like tiny, yeah. they always get it exactly in there. Yeah, and that, I was like, that yeah. is not true to to how it actually happens when you're playing. Yeah. See, before we jump into like the main discussion, can I just say there is nothing more depressing than being a child and challenging someone to a Beyblade battle. You've got it ready. You're about to fire it, and then either it doesn't fire or it just like it just falls off the like launcher <laughs> pathetically, and then kind of slowly slides across the arena and you've got the other kids with the shit eating grin saying oh look I won and you're like mm, mm-hmm. I don't like Beyblades anymore <laughs> and the, 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 yeah. the other thing that would happen a lot to me is the uh, the ripboard yeah. with one of the little teeth because it's a, it's kind of like serrated on one side that they one of those would kind of screw up a little bit and then it would jam while you're trying to like rip it and so it just wouldn't rip and you'd get get jammed or uh or the the cord would snap or something i, I had so many snapped cords usually the knockoff ones would snap very quickly but oh yeah even even the official ones would i had a lot of those ones break see adam do you, do you see what you're missing i know i know i can't believe it like all these all these fun times i missed well don't you worry you know what we're gonna go away right now and order you some so listeners at home yes <laughs> So we will be right back after these messages. But until then, one with a mystical dragon in it. Yes, exactly. So come on, Green Shield. Let, let's go find him a Beyblade. Welcome to Shatsunami, a variety podcast that talks about topics from gaming and films to streaming and general interests. Previously on Chatsunami, we discussed Game of the Decade, Deadly Premonition, the romantic thriller Birdemic, and listen to us get all sappy as we discuss our top five Christmas films. If that sounds like your cup of tea, then you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. We are Beer and Chill Podcast. Podcast where we review TV shows, games, movies, and whatever else takes our fancy. So what are you waiting for? If you're a cool kid like us, you're gonna listen to the Beer and Chill Podcast. You can get it anywhere from Spotify all the way to your grandmother's radio. My name is Jan. And I'm Craig C. And we are Beer and Chill. and that's it ordered so yeah while we wait for Amazon to deliver those tomorrow Adam would you like to tell us your (laughs) oh god I am really excited for this by the way but yeah what were your impressions of the first episode? Do you know what watching the first episode of Beyblade made me retroactively appreciate Death Note even more because I didn't have a clue what was happening in this first episode, <laughs> to be honest. It was literally like being thrown into the deep end of a pool here. Um, a lot of stuff to kind of uh, gather up, uh, try and like, you know, get your head around very quickly. But yeah, so anyway, so will I do a little, will I try and do, I said, will I do it? Will I try and do a little synopsis of the of the first episode? I dare yeah, you to sure. speed run up. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm ready. I'm ready, boy. Put me in, coach. I'm ready for this. So anyway, well, we begin with our we begin with our intro song, and I don't think it was as good as the Death Note intro song for me. But Ooh. I know you have more fondness for it than I. So is there anything you guys want to say about it before I get going? I have a particular fondness for it, and I was I, I'd asked Satsunami prior to the recording. I, I was like. I just want to kind of get a gauge. Is it purely nostalgia why I love this song? Or is it actually a very good song? Yes. Yeah, um, 
Satsuna, Satsunami responded, it's a bop. And, like, I think it is. I think it's such a fun song. I think it's such a, like, it's so cheesy, it's so easy produced. It was made by, um, uh, it's, it's called Let's Beyblade, and it's by Sick Kid featuring Lucas Rossi. No way. I know. It's If that's not the most early 2000s thing that you've ever heard, I don't know what it is. It is just so wonderful. If you've not, if you don't remember it, or if you've not watched the series, look up on YouTube, Let's Beyblade, Beyblade intro, and, and listen to it. It's so much fun. It's such a good jam the accompanying um visuals you get of like what's happening in the series is just it adds to this whole experience of like what is going to to go on throughout the series the weird beyblades the dancing beyblades the strange characters everything has a gimmick and this the song is just so so much fun but what what are your impressions of it um satsunami oh no yeah i would like to reiterate it is indeed a bop because that that's what you were saying there it's like definitely like an early 2000s kind of song if you look at other animes at the time like I think when I was talking to you about this I compared it to any Dragon Ball fans out there you'll remember this one Rock the Dragon which was literally just a guy saying hold on I think I've got the lyrics here Dragon Dragon Rock the Dragon Dragon Ball Z but they just kept repeating it to like this really kind of upbeat funky tune and it's kind of the same here where it is just like repeating the same like you know beat over and over again and it, it is it's it's like a guilty pleasure I'll, I'll, a little bit a little bit of the uh the song from let's Beyblade: picking up speed running out of time gonna head to head it's a way of life you gotta fall down meet ground get back up again let's Beyblade. and then the chorus is let's Beyblade, let's Beyblade, <laughs> Beyblade, let it rip like mm. it is awful and amazing at the same time it is it is that perfect kind of combination of it's just so stupid and so like centralized to the show but like you couldn't just listen to this as a song like it, that doesn't work whereas like like there are certain anime songs you could just listen to mm-hmm. because it doesn't just have the name of the product or the show is constantly repeated throughout the song like you could listen to the Evangeli- evangelion intro you could listen to the death note intro you could listen to Hunter x Hunter kind of thing, or Hunter Hunter. You, but you, you won't just listen to the Beyblade one, like unironically. Well, like, I am gonna interject there when you say it's like you wouldn't listen to one where it repeats the product. The first Pokemon theme was a bop as well, and you know it. But yeah, that's the only I, exception. I, <laughs> I, I, I guess, I guess, even that one, I feel like it says it does say Pokemon in the chorus, but like yeah. it still feels like it's not just like shoving it in your face. It's, it seems a bit more subtle. subtle. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, sorry, going back to Beyblade. Yeah, actually, what did you think of it, Adam? I mean, one thing I'll say is that the song was my favourite part of, of watching Beyblade. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> really? Surprisingly, surprisingly, given the quality of everything else. But no, the um, the song was my favourite part. I did kind of like seeing all the fun, the fun stuff. I mean, none of it has anything to bear with the first episode. Some of it, some of it I, I was able to pick up a few things in the final episode. I was like, oh, there we go. There's that person or that thing that, that Beyblade but yeah no like it, it was again I think it's that thing that like just hearing it for the first time now in my late 20s it probably doesn't resonate with me as much as it would have you know if I'd heard it at the time mm-hmm. so yeah like I don't know if I'm the best judge to say like it's it's boppability you know because I'm a fussy old man now so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, like these, I don't like these kids things. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yelling at those kids to get off your lawn with those Beyblades. Ruining <laughs> <laughs> <Running> my grass. <laughs> Just stomping on any Beyblade battles you see. <laughs> Poor kids. But my foot is all sliced up now. That's <laughs> um. why we don't do these um, episodes in person anymore. 
Well, I'm doing it from the hospital bed right now. There's a more recent series called Baby Burst, and that has an, another intro, which is much more contemporary for like what the music like that mm-hmm. is enjoyed about now is like. Um, and I know that's really popular. It's not my kind of thing. It's uh, it's kind of a mumble rap kind of style, which isn't my kind of thing, but it's very popular mm-hmm. at the moment, especially in North America. Um, that that one I've I've heard quite a lot recently because of various streamers and whatnot who discussed um, Blade, Beyblade have uh, have talked about that intro and played a little bit of that intro. Mm-hmm. And if those are home and, and you guys too after the episode, you should listen to it and, and sort of see what you think. See if you if you find that more appealing than the old school one. Go off and check it out because um, I'm definitely gonna check out more Beyblade stuff after this. Yeah, <laughs> my appetite whetted. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't wait for the Amazon man to turn up to the hospital <laughs> with like <laughs> 10 boxes of Beyblades. <laughs> it's like, sir, please, we need buyers. Like, I don't care. This man needs his Beyblades it. Using the bedpan as an arena. Why is that the most disgusting yet brilliant idea I've ever heard? You genius. You utter genius. It's like, sir, please stop using the bedpans. Well, stop using them for that. Anyway, moving on, Adam. So you were saying right. about the first episode. <laughs> yes. So episode episode one. Right. I think this is the first scene, but the more I think about it, the more I think I've imagined it. So please tell me <laughs> if I've completely got this wrong. But I swear the first episode starts with some mystical kind of mumbo jumbo where they talk about like like a mystical dragon or something. Does that happen in the first like the first scene? It does happen. Yeah, yeah you're right, yeah. And that's got to, they got to set up the lore. I can't, yeah, exactly. This is why I got so confused. I can't remember what the hell it, the, the narrator said at all, but there was a mystical dragon, and so it sets up this some mystical shit in this, in this universe. So then we cut to an old man and his grandson practicing with, is it kendo sticks? Is that what those things are? Yeah, it's yeah. kendo swords. Kendo sticks, yeah. So the grandfather is trying to like instill like discipline into his grandson, you know, to get him to train these kendo sticks. But the grandson really doesn't want to. He's got other places to be. He's got other things to do, which we'll soon find out about. And so he keeps trying to escape, but the grandfather keeps like tackling him to the ground and like dragging him back in. But eventually the grandkid gets away. And this is our eponymous title character called Tyson, who, as far as I can tell, is uh, wearing some bad Ash Ketchum cosplay. He's got he's got places to be and things to do, which he says is homework. But we all know the grandpa knows and we all know it's not homework. He's going to do some hard drugs. <laughs> he's going to do some hard, hard drugs called Beyblades. Um, so he runs out of the house and he's on his way. He's got to make a very uh, important appointment. but. He gets accosted by three, I think they're meant to be kids, although like the main the main leader of the kid looked like he could be in his, uh, his late 20s. Um, yeah, he's a Hollywood he's, kid. He has a very bulbous nose, and he looks like bad Brock cosplay. You say bad Brock cosplay, I, I know that I, I sent a picture of that exact character to Satsunami while I was watching it, because he is spot on, like dressed exactly like Gone Freaks from Hunter Hunter, which is another one I've, I've, I've mentioned it several times, both in this one mm-hmm. and in uh, the Death Note one, is it was one of um Satsunami are my uh, favorite animes and he is dressed almost exactly like him color coordinated oh the, the hair everything he's just much fatter looking with a bulbous <laughs> nose yeah. and so I was like why is why is there like obese gone freaks on my TV right now but yes it is a very bizarre character and he's got two like henchmen with him did, did that come up did this come up before that show you Hunter you were talking about or is this after this is after uh, well the yes, anime yeah. for Hunter Hunter was like 1999 but I think the manga was uh. before that yeah, so yeah. there was, I mean, we're, we're digressing away from Beyblades, but just very quickly, uh, <laughs> and, no, I don't think Adam minds. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. Please, oh, Hunter, 
the Hunter Hunter manga came out in I believe the uh, early to mid 90s and the original anime came out now the late 90s or early 2000s and then that only ran for a little bit and then there was a reboot of the anime that was kind of closer to the to the manga that came out in I think 2011 yeah um, but the manga is still running mm-hmm. technically yeah. it's it's known as hiatus x hiatus for mm-hmm. a reason because the uh, the creator keeps uh, putting the putting the the manga on hiatus unlike Beyblade which yeah, seems ba- to be ba- continually well, going yeah Beyblade will, will not stop spinning it is a spinning top that just <laughs> continues going it is like that it is like that one in Inception it's just continually going and we're stuck in that dream yeah as Adam like carefully watches it and thinks come on fall over fall over damn you and it just won't fall over I'm looking forward to the I'm looking forward to the Christopher Nolan directed Beyblade movie oh my god now that would get me interested I'd be all over that one thing one thing as well is when they're doing the kendo like practice the grandpa says that like there's this like magic sword or like ancestral oh, sword they yeah. have that tyson's gonna inherit on his birthday and like tyson's like oh a cool ancient sword no thank you <laughs> and i was like what child sees a cool like ancient weapon that they're gonna get to be their own we- like own thing and is like no thank you if you guys were offered a sword when you were what like 10 would you have been like nah I'm going to play with spinning discs. I'm like, no, I'm going to wave the sword around. (laughs) No, if I had a Beyblade, then, you know, screw everything else. (laughs) I don't need ancient mystical weapons. Thank you very much. We well, we grew up in the nineties. We just like lumps of plastic and catchy <laughs> theme tunes. <laughs> Our brains well, have rotted, so we no longer need to be fa- cool swords. To be fair, it does seem like every fight is conducted via Beyblade um, battles in this universe. So I, yeah. I I wonder if like the concept of a weapon is is completely <laughs> invalid because like what's the point of hurting the other person? You just hurt their like their morale by <laughs> defeating them in a Beyblade arena. Well, someone gets backhanded. I mean, I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but someone in this episode does get backhanded, and it's like, wow. Yeah, he, he had that, that. He, had that, he had that coming, though. Yeah, but he did that without the Beyblade. No, no, no. His hand, his hand could be concealing a Beyblade. Oh, that is true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's like it's, the an, back- it's, an, advanced, it's an advanced, it's an advanced let it rip form. What the backhand ble- Beyblade technique? <laughs> so, I love this lore. Yeah. So speaking of lore, Adam, feel free to continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Tyson has so Tyson's been accosted by these by these three quote unquote children, and mm-hmm. um, we drag him to a playground, and then before he can carry on with his important errand, the leader says, "You promised me that we'd have a Beyblade battle." So Tyson agrees, and then one of the kids proceeds to give a massive exposition dump: what Beyblades were, how the competition works, and all these rules. I was like, "Wow, this is a subtle way to get this out," but you know what? It is important context, so you know what. Fair enough. So they proceed to have a Beyblade battle, which Tyson handily wins, because uh, he is the Beybladest of, of them all. Is it a verb? I don't know. Let's just say uh, it's no. <laughs> it is now. He so the he heart w- of the blades. <laughs> he wins. <laughs> exactly. So he wins, and then he dashes off. He realizes how late he is to get to his appointment, because he's actually going to, would you believe it, another Beyblade battle with this person called Andrew, who Exposition Kid tells us is the leader of a gang. He's a legend in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah I, I I noted oh. Andrew is a legend in this neighborhood, and that is something that is often said about me. So. <laughs> there you go. Do you not have issues with this character? No, I have no issues with this character. In this in this audio only format where you can't see what he looks like, he's great and he's a legend. Yeah, whatever no, you I do. Have so many issues. <laughs> just don't what? just don't just don't look up what he actually looks yeah, like. Yeah, don't Google Andrew Beyblade. <laughs> whatever you do, do not Google it. Or do oh. you know? I'm not your Beyblade same um, parent. 
go. Maybe I'll maybe I'll come up as like the the junior Singapore Beyblade champion or something. Oh my god! Imagine that. But instead of your face, it's just his face plastered <laughs> on. Oh my god! So yeah, Adam, why do you have an issue oh. with why do you have an issue with Andrew from Beyblade? So well, let me tell you. So so Tyson sprints off for his rendezvous. We then cut to the top of a, a tower mm-hmm. where Andrew is, and Andrew is now going to be fuel for my nightmares um, because he is very tall, lanky, and his feet with very gangly limbs, and his face is the literal stuff of nightmares. I, I don't even want to describe. I'm not even going to try to describe. He it. looks like handsome Squidward. It freaked me out more than anything I think I've seen in a long time, and I've literally been trying to repress this memory. To be fair, he does look like the love child of Jack Skellington in a peanut. I mean. <laughs> It's just, of all the design, like, anime oh. is well-renowned for, like, having wacky and weird designs. <laughs> Who designed him? Because genuinely, like, I, I, I honestly, I do not know how anybody could have drawn that and said that's okay. Or maybe they did. Maybe they drew it and said, ah, who cares? It's Beyblade. This is never going to take off. Which probably was the thinking. The whole show, or really the whole first episode is nightmare fuel for that, though. Pretty much, actually. Well, what's kind of weird is that Andrew looks so different to everyone else in the show as well. Like, Mm -hmm. even in the next episode, in the final episode, which we'll discuss, like, where it pans across this, like, great collection of of weird and wacky characters none of them look like andrew's design like, they all have like more consistent design with the rest of the uh, animation whereas andrew just looks very different it's very bizarre but yeah i i'll be honest i was expecting worse he actually didn't look as bad as i remembered him looking when i watched it six seven years ago no he still looks terrible imagine what, just i can't imagine watching this as a kid honestly god i can't imagine that would have scared the crap out of me. It's like a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old. One thing I noted about um, the appearances of all the characters: a lot of them seem to have whiskers, which yeah. isn't which isn't new to anime. There's lots of animes that kind of have like that kind of whiskery kind of cheeks, um, but several of the characters looked like they had whiskers, like. Um, Tyson has like kind of a Z kind of pattern on him, but there's one character, uh, I think Carlos, that definitely looks like he has whiskers. Oh god! Oh god! I forgot about Carlos. <laughs> yeah, Adam, I'm I'm throwing it back to you here. Do you want? Oh, do you back want... to me. Yeah, let, let's talk about Carlos. What's wrong let with him? Circuit, let the circus where... of freaks continue. <laughs> <laughs> and where are his parents? More importantly, so Andrew is waiting for for Tyson, and people are are disbelieving that Tyson will show up. But Andrew Andrew knows Andrew knows Tyson won't miss a baby battle mm-hmm. and then eventually somebody does show up on the roof but it's not tyson it is i don't even know how to describe this character it looks like a 45 year old man and he has this giant sack with him which is we don't know what it's filled with it looks like he's just come out of prison um and he, his name is carlos i can't remember if we actually if we actually find out his name at that point in the episodes let's just say we do so we, it was carlos and then he reveals that he's been collecting Beyblades. Like, he's been, like, challenging people. Is this revealed? Okay, anyway, I'm just going to presume this is revealed here. But anyway, he's been collecting Beyblades by challenging, like, Beyblade owners and beating them in battle and taking their Beyblades, which is what's all in the sack. If you dramatically he's throw a Beyblade it. shark, as they call him. He's a Beyblade shark, exactly. The lowest form of, of scum in this universe. <laughs> and so he, like, he challenges Andrew and Andrew, like, accepts his challenge. And then we cut back to Tyson who has like 
managed oh tyson actually so tyson like sprints up the stairs and arrives and he's like i'm here ready to raise a battle but i've he just arrives just at the end just as carlos has like defeated everybody on the roof and taken their beyblades and everybody's like oh my god he's wrecked us and so then tyson and carlos go at it and there's a, a war of words and it ends up with tyson trying to challenge carlos to a beyblade battle but this other kid keeps like kicking tyson in the shins and stopping him from like making his formal challenge so eventually like a, a challenge is made for Tyson and Carlos to fight the next day the next evening and then Carlos departs oh as well Car- okay I've, I've got to go into diversion here because Carlos laughs a lot at this point and it is the creepiest laugh like I, I, it's so weird because it's I, I can't explain it's like somebody who's like heard recordings of laughs but has never been able to actually do one themselves it's really unsettling but yeah so he leaves he he, he shuffles off with his Beyblades and then yeah Tyson learns Tyson learns that Carlos's Beyblade can't be beaten and they this kid has this laptop which has this like really advanced AI in it which like analyzes uh, Carlos's Beyblade and they discover that it's made of some like really heavy alloy which means that basically it's extra it's extra stable and like it's impossible to like for another Beyblade to a normal Beyblade to like knock it out of the arena because it's so heavy and they work out that to knock it out you'd have to make an extra fast blade Beyblade that is four times as fast as a normal one have any chance of winning and so you know this is the conundrum that's up they need to figure out how to make this make this Beyblade have I missed anything here because I feel no like no no yes <laughs> um, so far so good I mean yeah I just want to get back to that laptop because the laptop appears to be kind of thirsty for uh for like humans like yep. it like it, it seems it seems yep. very interested seems very interested in the humans it, it calls Tyson like a cute boy in a later episode it's like it talks to the chief who owns the laptop he goes by the chief and um um, it asks, like, when are we going to get some alone time? Are you sure this is an AI and, uh, and not, like, a Discord call that's, like, <laughs> open on his laptop? Well, I'm a little bit concerned for the, the chief's safety, to be honest. I feel like this, <laughs> this is going to get very dark very soon for our children's shows. So I am, I'm a little bit concerned um, by this AI, which has a very adult woman's voice. And I, you, you just have to wonder what, like, what the voice actress was thinking when she was recording these lines. Yeah. I mean, if this AI was a character in this show, she would definitely drive a van around that said three Beyblades on the side of it. <laughs> yeah. It's, she's 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 particularly problematic and interested in, in, in tweens. But also speaking of the chief, we we talked about in a previous episode of Chatsunani about lip flaps and like making sure that the dialogue matches to like the opening and closing of the characters' mouths and how um studios when they when it comes over to um international distribution they have to edit the lip flaps mm-hmm. to make it make sense with the new English translation. They do not bother for much of this, especially when it's the chief's lines, who he's just opening and closing it like some like Muppet character with sound sound coming out from like someone some ventriloquist artist that is like five miles away um trying trying to sort of communicate about mm-hmm. whatever's going on the lip flaps in particular are some of the worst i think i've ever seen in anime do you know what it reminds me of sorry just before we go on it reminds me of do you remember those fish you used to get in the 90s the singing ones <laughs> they were tiny it is all... exactly <laughs> like billy the bass exactly yeah it's like just there's mouths opening but 
they're not again yeah the lip flaps don't match at all and it does feel as if they thought ah screw it it's Beyblade no kid's gonna watch this why should we try which I'm being a little bit harsh because I'm sure I'm sure they did try and did adapt it and it was it was a different time period where the, there wasn't as much interest in anime at the time whatever but it it doesn't age well and they, yeah. they like mod- modern anime is generally much better done not i don't watch dubbed animes much anymore but i know it is generally much better done so adam how does <laughs> how does tyson beat carlos so after much soul searching and and like group thinking um, and pondering the question Car- um uh, sorry tyson comes up with an idea that if he if he lengthens his core his rip cord uh, by, <laughs> by like, <laughs> no no go on sorry <laughs> So if he doubles the length of his cord... I, I swear to God, I'm a mature adult. <laughs> it'll, give, it'll give his blade more speed. <laughs> Which it does, but it only gives it two times more speed, so it's still too slow. So then, then <laughs> the mystical dragon shoots up again and charges through Tyson's window and, like, barrels into him. But then he wakes up and he's like, oh, it was just a dream. And he looks out the window again and the dragon comes barreling back through. Again, and then like goes into his bait. Does it go into his Beyblade or does it just like, yeah, yeah, around the skin? It goes, into, it goes into like the core of his Beyblade. Oh, which... okay, it goes. The implication, so this dragon was like housed in the sword that his, his grandpa was trying to, to give him and it had, had been passed through his like ancestral line where they'd obviously been using this to like win like countless wars over the centuries and and so very a very proud noble dragon. It is now inside of a plastic spinning toy used to d- defeat like dweebs in this children's hobby. What a downgrade. Yeah. <laughs> like, it'd be like it'd be like if you like discovered like an ancient genie or something and it was like, oh, now I'm going to put your power into my like Tamagotchi. Get out of that lamp. It's my baby. <laughs> the dragon sort of hears his like his cry for like needing to defeat his enemy, and he's like, "Oh, I must help another member of the whatever Tyson's family name um, is in in his in his battle." And so bonds with the Beyblade. Tyson Beyblader. <laughs> Or Tyson Ketchum, as Adam pointed yeah. out earlier. When Tyson proceeds to train um, and look and look like a dork, he just proud um, falls. Yeah, yeah. It cuts to his grandpa, and and his grandpa is kind of like, ah, look at this silly bastard. And like, the <laughs> I taught him gives... that move. <laughs> like the grandpa, the grandpa just gives like no shits. It's just so funny. It clearly is like what a grandpa would be like, like seeing like you playing with like the latest hit toy. Like Sorry, just before we kind of go on, like to you know the the. Con- that's craziness. Can we just talk about the grandpa for a second? The fact that he speaks, or rather, he exudes fellow kids vibes, like the way he talks. He keeps saying, "Oh, he calls him dude." All he's the time. like, "Hey, little dude, <laughs> come on, keep your head in the game, come on." You're like, "Well, like, is this child you, you, safe?" <laughs> you, I get the feeling that it's that the Japanese, the original Japanese, was very different oh, to the American yeah. relays mm-hmm. because I don't feel like because it's very like a skater to early two thousands culture of the way he speaks. He sounds like yeah. Cheech and Chong trying to like communicate with like with people like California surfer grandpa esque energy, like a hippie in the sixties. Whereas in Japan, that they didn't really have that same mentality. So I get the feeling that there was a very different kind of 
attitude but i mean i could be reading that wrong i didn't watch the japan the, the original japanese cover of this or um, version of this so i could be wrong there but i it, it does not seem like that is the case no i i can't imagine that this was a faithful translation somehow <laughs> i definitely <laughs> think liberties were taken so yeah adam how does this episode end right so we get to the we get to the fateful battle down by the river mm-hmm. under a bridge as, as a you know for your illegal beyblading tournaments i'm sure it held and tyson's there and waiting and then Carlos shows up with his big big bag of big bag of Beyblades and then they get set up you know and, and Carlos is like I'm going to take oh yeah I meant to say and Carlos so if Carlos wins he's going to get Tyson's Beyblade but if Tyson wins not only will he get Carlos's Beyblade but everybody else who like everybody else who lost their Beyblade to Carlos will get their Beyblades back because Tyson makes his big speech about Beyblades being a community and you know doing it for, it, doing doesn't, it, for... it doesn't it doesn't seem wholly fair no. I mean I, I know yeah. I know this guy is like I know this guy is like conned his children out of their Beyblades but one Beyblade for like a hundred doesn't seem like a great deal for Carlos. I mean, he I know he's probably, he's probably very confident that he's going to win, but like in this in the off chance that he did somehow lose, like you've lost so many for the chances of getting one. Like, it just didn't seem like a good deal. Yeah, and like all, and also like why didn't why didn't these children just beat up Carlos? Like, there's a whole bunch of them because he's a forty year old man. He's <laughs> <laughs> out of prison. <laughs> like a pocket. I just pull, pull these baby. I don't. I don't think he pull actually a particularly spiky Beyblade out and shank you. <laughs> exactly. A switchblade is the Beyblade. <laughs> There's no difference in prison. You don't. You don't know what the That's how you got out of prison with yeah. with a Beyblade. Talk about this illegal prison Beyblade fights the ruthless man. So they get set up, and Carlos takes the the usual position of standing close by. He's ready to let it rip. But Tyson takes like about ten steps, maybe twenty steps back from the arena, and he's like, "What's going on here?" And then Andrew, the stuff of my nightmares, counts down <laughs> counts down the tournament, and then what? Does he say, is it, is it let him rip? Is that like the, the thing they say for like... Let it rip, yeah. Let it rip for starting yeah. it. Tyson begins to run up and he takes a... He launches himself into the air, does mm-hmm. a spin. And this is how he's going to... And then the chief works it out, what he's doing. And this is going to give him that extra like four times speed. And so they both launch their Beyblades into the arena. And uh, Tyson's is that fast that it's able to like disrupt Carlos's and knock it out of the arena. And Carlos can't believe it. And then Carlos tries to make a run for it. Can't remember if he fall, falls over or something like yeah. that. And drops mm-hmm. And Tyson is victorious and order is restored. I can tell you that it would have been a very different story had I been trying what Tyson did because it definitely would have ended up in that river. Because, like, <laughs> r- running up from 20 yards out, then jumping into the air and, like, letting it rip, you ha- you have no control over where that Beyblade is going. It is, there's not a chance in hell that that is, like, at all, like, going anywhere near the Beyblade Arena at that point. This See? Beyblade Arena is, like, the size of, like, a dinner plate. You're right next to a river, it is going in the water. You are never seeing your Beyblade again. That dragon is gonna like end up like on the beach like like, a, like the game of jumanji where it's like doo-doo, 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 and then someone picks it up and the new beyblade craze starts like at the end of the world <laughs> yeah see to be fair though i don't think he was aiming for the arena i think he was aiming for carlos's face you know because if you listen closely to the dub you can distinctly hear him say prison rules as he launches it so i mean maybe he just missed i think that was his plan and he accidentally hit the arena and thought shit i've got to play now i gotta play fair. well done tyson you were <laughs> it out yeah worked it out <laughs> yeah and then it gets backhanded by a anime antagonist 
<laughs> a mysterious stranger shows up who's the who we find out is the leader of the oh my god he's the leader of a gang and I've instantly forgotten are they the Beyblade Sharks? No, yeah Bay no. Sharks or something Bay Sharks that's it mm-hmm. he shows up and then instantly Tyson impetuously challenges him to a Beyblade duel and that's how the episode ends with them both about to launch their Beyblades at each other I noted that the mysterious tween with face paint arrived which and like bitch slapped Carlos Kai is like every as that's how I said every like an, like anime antagonist every like rival that in, in anime he's the Satsuke he's the he's not quite he's, he's, he's not Gary Gary no Gary is normal Gary-o. yeah but Gary's normal in comparison to Kai like yeah. Gary's like a normal kid with like brown hair and an ego this guy like has a I mean how long is that scarf what the hell is up with him? <laughs> yeah he, he he's very he's like the most like main character energy of like anyone you've ever seen with like the crazy colored hair and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff oh yeah he is it would stand out in a lineup that's all i'm saying you know if it was like between him and carlos you would definitely tag him as like the leader before we move on to the next episode out of 10 how would you rate this episode adam oh i'll be generous and because i know it is obviously a lot to set up and like you know you do have to you do have to quite quickly it is a kid show so you don't want to like hang around and explain a lot mm-hmm. of things you need to kind of get in so i'll be generous i'll give this uh five out of ten in that like i thought like i was very confused but i wasn't bored so you know i was i wasn't sitting there being like oh god i wish this would end i was just more like what the hell's going on and I was like, okay, there's, there's some interesting stuff. One thing I'll say is, I, I don't know how you guys, you're obviously, you guys are both more fi- anime aficionados than I am. I thought like the actual artwork itself in this episode would just, I don't know, maybe it's just from what I've seen. Again, I've only seen a limited like sample size, but when I compare it to Death Note, I'm like, oh, this just looks ugly. I'm sorry. And those, char- those characters are disgusting. Like, oh my God. Like Andrew and Carlos are just seared into my brain. They are not the worst I've seen in anime. Oh my there's, God. Tatsunami will be um, aware of this as well of the ugly bastard in anime which one was that again no it's just it's just a term for, oh yeah like, oh, like yeah. fat gross looking mm-hmm. um, men who are like curving on on girls oh, and yeah, yeah. like it is a big trope in anime and anime related material to have like these really ugly kind of characters and then but in defense of Beyblade it is it is a animation style it is not like the, the Death Note style is a different style it is oh, it is not it, it, it's not it's not trying to look like Death Note it's trying to look like its own thing but there is a lot of frames which are really bad and like a lot of the characters do look gross i won't defend it too much but i will i will say that you can't you can't necessarily judge objectively with anime styles like that like De- death note death note is a very particular style and it's it's a bit like looking at like pokemon and death note like pokemon looks very different to death note, whereas pokemon's more pokemon's more akin to, to this that's that's a fair point so i won't i won't i won't judge it too harshly for that then but yeah like i just i think my main criticisms that are just like i was just so goddamn confused <laughs> what was happening and like yeah but as I said I wasn't bored so I was like okay I mean if I was watching this if I was watching this series normally I think I definitely would have watched at least the next one I can't guarantee that would have how far it would have gone into the series but I'd have at very least watched another episode so I guess in that way it did its job and speaking of another episode go on <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the right. final showdown the final showdown episode 51 the end of the first season so when i was watching this so i watched this episode a couple hours ago i wrote down before i knew i was going to have to describe what happened in the episode i wrote down a list of 16 questions about <laughs> in this episode mm-hmm. so i'm gonna try and describe what happened in this episode i'm going to say things out of order i'm going to not i'm gonna miss things so please if either of you want to jump in and no, just no, like clap or pick up something that i've missed please just feel feel free but anyway so we open up and the very first line 
is, oh no, what happened? And I was like, how appropriate for my experience of this. But anyway, so we open up, we're in the middle of this massive stadium, which I believe is in Moscow, if I remember them hearing correctly. Yeah, yeah this- I think I also heard that. And I I, I actually had questioned that. I almost went back to check and I was like, I'm not going to bother to go back and check. I'm just going to believe it's Moscow. I'll just take the word for it. It's snowing. It must be Moscow. I saw somebody wearing like a big hat. I'm like, it must be, it must be Russia. I'm guessing this is some kind of national, like global tournament Beyblades, which was a big surprise from having the first episode just watching kids like flinging Beyblades around in like playgrounds and by the river to all of a sudden this being like this global phenomenon which people are like crowding in to see. Yeah, I found that to be very interesting after watching the first episode as well because we had that kid doing the exposition dump to his friend who had never witnessed a battle when it seems like Beyblade (laughs) in this universe is like the number one sport in the world and everyone is like (laughs) very interested in Beyblade. So it's like, how, how have you managed to ignore it? It's like, oh, I've never seen someone kick a ball before. To be fair though, the audience is mainly made up of kids. Like, even in Moscow, there are, like, loads of kids like, whoa, this is the best thing ever. And it's like, yes, you're literally five. How did you get a ticket for this event? (laughs) Where are your parents? Where are any of your parents? Did they know? Did the free St. Petersburg Primary School did a day trip to the Beyblade Championship. What, did the free Beyblade lady give them a lift? Like, what is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just oh anyway sorry small nitpick so sorry what what was your next question <laughs> so in the middle of the arena there is this massive like ice oh, i don't even know what it is like, iceberg like, glacier iceberg, I, I yeah iceberg the massive glacier in the middle of this like of the arena and we discover that tyson is inside it and so is the person that he is battling, who I believe is called Tala. I have no idea. I I I, I, I did know I did that. note it down. Where did I note it down? Yeah, Tala, T A L A. Tala, good, good. I, I got some things right at least. Uh, what I mostly noticed about Tala was that his jacket had handles on the shoulders. Uh, I yes, that was <laughs> his, his hair his hair looks like a like an like an Air Force badge. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, he's very he's very distinctive. And anyway, so apparently within this ice, within this glacier, they have entered another dimension, which looks like some kind of ice world thing, because Tala yeah. talked about how Tyson is going to like freeze and, and everything. But somehow, even though they've entered another dimension, a TV camera has also managed to enter that alternate dimension. I, I'm, so I made that broadcast. exact same note. <laughs> I made that exact same note. How, how A, how is this TV still filming? <laughs> and B, like, how are they communicating everyone? Because like, at one point, Kai like shouts something and Tala responds to him. What, like, how, how is this working? And like the way it gets phrased that they shattered the time-space continuum when their Beyblades crashed in the previous episode. So their plastic toys with gods inside, essentially, clashed, which shattered the time-space continuum, creating a pocket dimension that's apparently got a blizzard happening in it. And the, and, and Tala just explains it to him. Like, of course this happened. Like, we cle- we've clearly warped into another dimension, you stupid fuck. Like, you've never done a Beyblade battle before? <laughs> yeah, clearly you've not been in a serious Beyblade battle where, where you've destroyed space and time. How many battles is this guy having? I mean, he creates... He creates a small sun later. So, like, I guess this is just, like, another, like, Friday night for him. Like, he must realize the scale of the situation that he he is in right now, even if he is supremely confident. Also, they really need to get some standardized rules for these Beyblade competitions, because throughout the, throughout the first episode and this last episode, people are able to have, like, Beyblades made of, like, special alloys. People are able to, like, lengthen their ripcords. People are able to do, like, running, like, kicks, like, jumps to start things up. People are able to break space and time. And 
and none of these count as disqualifications. So they really which just is, need some kind of committee to standardize the rules and say what is allowed in a Beyblade battle. Which is strange because in real real life, when I played Beyblades as a kid, they banned loads of different types from the competitions. Like <laughs> like I, I I had pieces that I couldn't use in any kind of competition oh, really? because they were because they were banned. Yeah. Well, um, space-time continuum then when you were... No, I couldn't break the space-time continuum and I tried several <laughs> times and it, and, and the, the official was like, no, you've you've destroyed all humanity on Earth. That's not allowed. And I was like, ugh, oh, fine. But the anime what said I could. What kill joys. <laughs> I know, exactly. What would kill joys? Boo this man. Boo. <laughs> I had my high collar up and everything. Did you have handles though? Yeah, on it? No, that's that's where I was laughing. Yeah, oh. exactly. Also, as well, like my next question: the the Beyblades are still spinning mm-hmm. at this point, they're, and they're just like kind of like moving around by themselves. So I became very confused. I was like, are they sentient? Can they operate without like their owners like actually setting them off? But I think that's kind of answered because we find out that there's like things like spirits trapped inside them. So I guess that's why they're they're doing that. But that was quite confusing when I which I, I saw. Them. I this is probably answered in the course of the series, but in Tyson's case. A spirit transfers from his family's ancestral sword into his Beyblade, which becomes his beast or whatever it's called. That surely did not happen hundreds of times to various competitors. Where are their beasts from? What what is the connection there? How how is the how have they become attached to their Beyblades? Like I, I'm almost interested enough to continue watching the rest of the show to see if it answers that question. And I, I, I emphasize almost. I'm not going to. But but I, I, I do I, I am very I am very intrigued as to how this has happened so many times in can this you, universe. But can you imagine like cleaning out your grandparents' house or something and then all of a sudden you knock over like a teapot or something and then a lion knock over pops their out. ashes. Yeah, and then a lion pops out and it's like, I wanna be in your Beyblade. It's like, oh my god, I'm a Yu-Gi-Oh fan. I don't care, I'm in your Beyblade. It's like it would just be terrifying. There must be a surplus of like spirit creatures out there. Well in, in so in in Japan there and I, I mentioned this a little bit in in the Death Note episode, and I couldn't remember the name of them at the time. But Japan has a history um, or a mythology around what are known as yokai, which are essentially kind of like spiritual beings which can inhabit like objects or people, or just kind of create corporeal forms to kind of fit in with society. And there's a kind of a, there's a real cultural interest in yokai in Japan. There's lots of games centered around them, and lots of uh, comics and idea. And like I don't know if Shinigami. From Death Note classifies yokai, but quite possibly they they would. But they're they're the yokai. This kind of yokai element is very connected to the beasts in Beyblades. So the hell was happening in this episode again? <laughs> yeah. So we find so we find that Tala says that like an important point. Tala says is that as the owner weakens, their Beyblade weakens, and so we find out that like Tala's Beyblade is filled with like tons of these like spirits, which like begin to overpower the one that's in Tyson's. Beyblade, and of course his like physical strength is failing because he's like freezing to death here. So things are looking dire, and right, there are so many characters here, and I'm not even going to try and like describe and explain half of them because I obviously had no clue who half these people were. Uh, one important thing I did notice was that the gang leader from the end of the first episode is now on Titan's team. Was that is that Kai? Is that, is that what his name is? Yeah. 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 So Kai, the leader of the Danger Beyblade gang from the first episode, now part of his yeah. friend group, which kind of, that's another kind of trope in anime of yeah. like your rival becoming part of your gang. Like um, in Dragon Ball, you have uh, Piccolo and Vegeta and Yamcha. And well, Yamcha wasn't really a, a rival necessarily, but, um, and then you have um, like Sats, Sasuke and, uh, and Naruto. And there's, there's loads, there's loads of kind of instances where your rival kind of becomes part of your group. Even, even okay. Pokemon, like even Pokemon, you have Misty and Brock who are gym leaders. 
who become part of uh, Ash's kind of traveling gang. So yeah. that, that 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 that's a clear trope yeah. in anime. That it's it's they're kind of continuing with this. And there's a lot of people rooting for Tyson, but like they're they're really concerned about this. One of the people like tries to like tries to like karate chop his way into the glacier, but fails because obviously it's a glacier. And so lots of people are are like really worried for Tyson, but there's also some people who are on Tala's side who are nefariously dressed in like trench coats and like goggles and everything, and they begin talking about how when Tala wins, they're going to then be on the next step to world domination, which made me think, how the how the hell does winning a Beyblade tournament lead you to lead to world domination? But Bram explained that previous episode. I also know that exact thing of uh, why why is winning a Beyblade tournament lead to world domination? And did you did you notice what the name of this evil organization that Tala is part of is the Dark Side? Is that the, the Dark Side? Is that who they're? no? They're the Demolition oh. Boys. The Demolition Boys, of course, because the logo appeared up. What a name? Yeah, like in the in the title, like the title cards and like the ad card that it, it flashes up demolition boys during the episode it's it, it is just spectacularly terrible again why 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 does winning a beyblade tournament lead to the end of the world what what does this mean and if, if that if that's the case why aren't like more government officials involved in like this entire like endeavor to make sure that this doesn't happen because clearly these are weapons of mass destruction these beyblades that's such a good point. and that's what we want to come back to later as well this, this idea of beyblade being the most powerful weapon weapon in the world but we also we cut to the sands and we see tyson's granddad is there who's sitting next to the monopoly man and then <laughs> further up in the stands dracula is sitting up beyblade dracula is sitting up there also talking about world domination and every and I, I honestly can't remember their names I'm sorry but like I think Beyblade I'm gonna call him Beyblade Dracula I think he's in charge of some corporation or like company or something like that also I began to wonder so Tyson and Tyler inside this glacier there doesn't seem to be an arena anymore so how how is anybody gonna win like what what is what happens what they have to knock the other person's Beyblade out I think I, I presumably it's when they stop spinning yeah because it's not it's not just about knocking your opponent off of the arena it's wh- whoever is spinning last like the majority oh, of victories okay. in Beyblade is isn't uh, knocking someone out. It's it's left left standing kind of thing. But okay, um, yeah, it pans over to this very regal looking villain guy at one point, and he's like, yeah, he's easily like the the, the head honcho. Because I previously I thought the guy with the goggles was, but then I realized it's this guy who oh, has like up in the stands. yeah, who has a f- fantastic like stupid name. It is. Voltaire um, and I he might he, I think he's just like a businessman but my initial thought was he was like a member of some sort of royal family which made me think of like the, qu- the queen attending like a Beyblade competition <laughs> and how wonderful that that image was oh my god we've also got our commentary team and like one guy is just saying it sounds like your regular sports like announcer you know for, for whatever sport you're listening to the other one sounds like a goblin so I don't know if goblins <laughs> in this universe or not. he's got very high pitch I didn't notice that one <laughs> but we never see what they look like so there we go in my mind it was a goblin but then the guy, the Dracula who's head of the corporation, he starts talking about how when he controls, when Tala wins and he takes Tyson's Beyblade, he's also going to get Tyson's mythical beast. Um, and then he's going to control all the these mythical beasts. And then he's going to be more powerful than any of the like militaries in the world. So that made me think like, why are the, why is, as you said earlier, why is like the government, world governments allowing this thing when apparently Beyblades are like more threatening than like nuclear bombs or cruise missiles or like conventional like militaries. Like why are they letting these tournaments go ahead where people can like gather all this power it's like it's, it's like it's like the pokemon argument like why do you let these 10 year olds have these weapons of destruction like this does not seem like a good <laughs> idea like why do children have this like the greatest power like imaginable it was a different time you know <laughs> in the 2000s we didn't know <laughs> yeah it was a time when you let your children play with dangerous world-ending animals i had noted that the screen pans over 
to someone in hospital yeah. who's, 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 who's watching this tournament happen. And he like, he's looks like, like Tyson. I thought it was well, Tyson. He's like, he, looks, he looks like a cat. He's like a cat man. And he's got like his cat girlfriend there. And I, I, I listed Ying and Yang boy is in the hospital for some reason, likely injured in a freak Beyblade accident. Those things sting <laughs> when, they, when they hit you. Is that your detective part on there? Yeah, I think I figure that must have been what what did it. But he does mm-hmm. he does appear. He was in hospital like two minutes earlier, like in a hospital bed. Then he's at the arena to watch the the, the remainder of this fight, which is, is nonsense because like a Beyblade fight should only last thirty seconds. But apparently he's able to go from hospital to the arena and it's still going on with a crutch. <laughs> so I I call shenanigans personally, but maybe he split the time space continuum as well with his Beyblade. He's That's to... true. Maybe maybe time is kind of stopped and he's able to get there. <laughs> One thing that's worth knowing about this other dimension thing is I would be supremely interested to know if that exact phrasing was used in the original Japanese version, because as Satsunami will know, Western dubs often like to use the phrase another dimension instead of other aspects like death. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying they died or anything, but it, it might just be a mistranslation yeah. because quite frequently in example Yu-Gi-Oh, when someone dies, they get sent to another dimension. And likewise in Dragon Dragon Ball Z, and they don't die, they get sent to another dimension. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. And again, what else could it be? Unless it's like they're going for the they're in a, they're, 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 in an, they're in an igloo. Like if you if an igloo is formed inside of arena and you're fighting inside the igloo, like you're not in another dimension. You're just, you're just inside the ice. Like why is that formed in another dimension? That doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. Can you imagine that though? If that was like the original Japanese translation, where it was like, "We're just in a giant sheet of ice. I don't know how we got in here. My God, Tyson, I'm scared. Put me out of my misery." And then it's like, "Yeah, this is too dark. Let's change it to alternate dimension." Okay, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a completely wrong translation, and he like forms a sun in there just to warm them up so they both don't die. It's, it's really heartwarming. It is very heartwarming. <laughs> literally i did know as well with the design of tala with his like high collar it's a very clever design in that it hides his lips so you don't have to animate the lips moving when, oh nice when you're doing the lip the the uh, lip syncing oh sorry i was gonna say so another faction shows up to support to support tyson which is this the dark brotherhood who look literally like ghouls and vampires i know they look like the universal monster movies um shared yeah. universe <laughs> basically yes yeah, so they show up to support um and then tyson at this point tyson realizes the secret to win which is that you just need to have passion for beyblades Tala doesn't have that passion, so Tyson's like mythical beast is able to like kick the crap out of out of all these ones in, in Tala's mythical beast, and then they like break the glacier, refix time and space, I presume, or maybe it's just permanently broken now. I don't know. But they come back to the arena, and uh, Tyson's able to win and like knock out uh, Tala's Beyblade, and then there's a big pitch invasion. So there's no event security here. Then did the Monopoly. Oh, sorry, sorry, did you did you did you know how Tyson won? Oh, well, his. <laughs> His dragon, like his dragon, just starts flying at like oh, his dragon starts flying at um the like big sun thing that Talos created, and then just mm-hmm. like absorbs the energy and then like fires it back. No, see what you're clearly missing, Adam, <laughs> is that he won with the power of friendship. Because oh, as, as, as as Tyson notes, he has everyone behind him Literally. helping him win. Oh. It's a stadium. And so they're, they're, the, the entire stadium like cut like it like 
does that weird kind of effect where it like cuts all their faces into the into screen oh, so they're all there yeah. and which is just the most anime thing you've ever seen and like you've not had as much experience with anime but the power of friendship of is course. Pa- the power of friendship is generally the way that every everyone wins oh my god there we go okay. I also I had, I had also noted that at one point Tyson's grandpa everyone's like concerned about Tyson losing and then he just goes oh well like he can't give less of a shit <laughs> Like if that was your grandchild, though, if that was your grandchild who was like falling in his arse, you know, in the mud in the first episode, like, (laughs) would you be like, finally a chance to get rid of the brat? And then when he wins, I mean, at the end he attacks him with a kendo sword. For goodness' sake, he's like, oh, it's good that you're alive from this alternate dimension. By the way, I'm gonna beat your ass with this kendo. Yeah, yeah, think fast. I was like, what? What was your problem, old man who speaks like a ninety? slash early 2000s child. Yeah, I'd, I'd also noted about Tala having the power of the sun. Doesn't seem particularly fair against a plastic toy. Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was global warming. It was a different time. Yeah. They didn't have rules back then, you know. <laughs> we weren't to know. <laughs> How could we know, you know? But yeah, Adam, you were saying about the Monopoly man, who I've, I've noted his name is Dickinson, ah, which is just oh, wonderful. So Vol- 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 Voltaire and Dickinson have their back it's, and forth. Well, which also as well, the, he, the Monopoly man is so rude that doesn't actually turn to face, doesn't turn to face like Voltaire for, for the first part of his like soliloquy. Um, but basically he's like, oh yeah, now we've got the evidence. We're going to bring you down. But despite the fact that they've gathered all this evidence, they don't think to like bring him to trial before the tournament you know to head off this danger um, and also as well they don't think to arrest him like they just let Voltaire leave even though they're like we're gonna see you locked up he's able just to walk out so there we go I guess I gotta set up for some sequel bait yeah and so then Tyson's so happy he's the Beyblade world champion now but then oh no like the power of friendship instantly breaks down as everybody's like right we're coming after you <laughs> we're gonna, we want that world championship and then another t- and then as you were saying Zanzami, his grandfather's like right time to go back to the kendo stick training before that though did you hear how Dickens ends his little dialogue no he says enough of him let's rock oh yeah which is just the best way to end a conversation and I want that to be like my go-to now from now on that's how you know how to end this episode now so that's that's, yeah. that's how I that's how I intend to <laughs> to like end emails like business correspondences yeah yeah and enough of the rest of this analysis let's rock see just in, in that note before we do wrap up though just one thing I want to point out because I've been listening to your back and forth intently and there is one thing you have both missed out which I am very surprised at when they're in the iceberg of death you touched on it Adam you were talking about the dragon coming out of the Beyblade and talking to him you know like oh. like never ending story style comes out and is like <laughs> I try you you know like yelling at him and he has like this very you know deep respectful voice of I came out of your Beyblade to fight you know all, all of this what, what does Tyson say to this you know ancient dragon that has seen its fair share of like you know centuries over the years wicked that's all he says and that had me absolutely in stitches the first time I saw that because I'm like yeah that, that this ancient dragon you're, you're not impressed by ancient swords ancient literal ancient creatures in front of you and you, you just say wicked Tyson you don't deserve this Beyblade you you really don't he, he he was the one who deserved to be trapped in that ice for eternity they should have just yeah. ended it in a cold like like a Sopranos cut just fade to black <laughs> <laughs> wicked and that's how it wicked and that's it yeah. shining, shining style it cuts the Tyson just frozen <laughs> well with oh. the Beyblade in the snow <laughs> yeah. one 
one, one thing I also noted was at one point when we were having that conversation with like the spectators and contestants and of the tournament, we pan over a group who are in different sports regalia who I don't remember that much about the Beyblade series, but I remember them so vividly. And one in particular, essentially their gimmick is that they have their Beyblade is associated in some way with their sport. Mm-hmm. And so the one that I remember the most was the tennis girl because she'd throw, I think, her Beyblade into the air then like serve it onto the arena and like and he couldn't deal with this like particular <laughs> person and it was it was just the most bizarre like series i think it was like a battle tower and they had to like proceed through the beyblade battle tower against like each of them and like the tennis one he was like particularly struggling with and we also see the um the latin american like salsa dancer one who i remember like plays his guitar and like he like his guitar is his like his rip chord and like the and he like when he plays the guitar the beyblade like dances to the beat which is very hard for him to match and you see a little bit of him in the intro song there's just so there's a wonderful cast of characters that you you pan across from acro- across the series and you see them all at the at the very end where they're they all want to battle tyson after he's just as you say he's, he's just come back from another dimension and he, they're already wanting to battle and then it instantly starts up like the, there's like the, the mc of the tournament who's like been been do, like narrating the final battle anyways he just instantly like he's on a for, he's on like not a fork cherry picker cherry picker, cherry picker that's the one yeah and, then, and he's like let's bail, let's let it rip again it's like instantly starting up again there's like no every yeah. time at all i i noted that the the announcer or referee whatever he is is on a cherry picker and just immediately is like um refereeing this unsanctioned street battle <laughs> brawl with everybody. Yeah, and uh, we also um, have one of the main characters who you weren't introduced to in the first episode, but you get introduced to I think in episode two or three, Max, who's like this oh, blonde, yeah. blonde, very spunky kid, and and Max just goes, "Don't forget about me," and I was like, "Ah, oh, no one can forget about you, Max, my glorious child." He's just just so full of energy and just wonderful. Everyone loves Max, best character. Do not steal. Was that not a sitcom? Everybody loves Max. It should be. So just before we finish up, Adam, I've got. A- ask out of 10 what did this episode rate compared to the first oh one? my my god i mean i don't even i don't even know how to score to us i don't know how to score this one i have no clue at all because honestly god like i i compared like the first episode like be like diving into the deep end of a pool this was literally like three people just came and like threw me into the ocean and held my head under the water while an octopus like attached itself to my face like I, and I got ripped into another dimension. I have no idea how to score this one at all. Hey, ba- how many Beyblades? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't seven. bored. <laughs> I wasn't bored. Again, I wasn't bored. I'll give it. Oh my god! Do you know what? For the pure novelty of, I was like, what the hell is going on here? I'll give it six mythical creatures out of ten. Um, because I was just like, what? What is going on? Like it was all in my face. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So again, very confused, but never bored. There you go. Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> That's actually a lot more generous than I thought you were going to give. <laughs> I've kind of warmed to it, having like I don't know if I, I think in, if you if you'd asked me like straight after, I probably would have given it like a three or something. But like remembering back and then hearing all the stuff like, again, I missed and everything and thinking about the Monopoly Man has made me smile. So what you're saying is, as soon as we finish this episode, you're going to go away and watch all of the other series of this. I'm going to start picking random episodes in no particular <laughs> order to dive through Beyblade that way. Yeah, that's I, the way to. Watch. I've realised. 
I, yeah, I I've, 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 I've introduced you to a new new uh, medium of entertainment of just skipping through <laughs> episodes. Yeah. I just want to give you a quick warning. Um, there is an episode, like, later on in the series, they do the, a bit like Pokemon, well, no, maybe not like Pokemon, but they do, maybe like Digimon, they do the thing where they eventually replace Tyson with, like, other kids. And, oh, no. like, <laughs> not your favourite character. Um, <laughs> not my boy Tyson. <laughs> Yeah, so there, we have yeah. we have we have uh, we have like three seasons of this Beyblade series, which I believe is always Tyson, and yeah. then I then I think we go into Metal Fusion. Yeah, no, um, which is another series. I think in like two thousand eight or nine or ten yeah. or that kind of time. Yeah, I was long and then. Gone after that yeah and then we have the recent one which is beyblade burst i might have missed one in between all those i think those are the three main series that people are aware of i've not seen metal fusion or burst and i'm not even confident i watched past the first season of of this beyblade but i might have done it's 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 almost impossible to say i just i remember this finale very well um from having watched it i rented it as a kid for blockbuster and uh re-watching it today and in university that is true we did watch a lot of this well not a lot we watched a couple of episodes and then we turned it off didn't we and yeah, just skipped we, we, ahead to the end which is we watched two we watched two episodes of the first the start of the season then we watched the very last mm. one which is what inspired this entire series exactly. which i am so excited to find more anime with you uh, green shield to show yeah <laughs> to show oh a very God. regretful autumn but i mean i i I can refuse to believe I can be any more confused. All I'm saying is that don't be surprised when you see Moses using a Beyblade to part the Red Sea. And before people think, oh, Satsu, you're being, you know, sacrilegious or whatever. That is Beyblade lore. That is actually Beyblade lore. That actually happens in the show. The show is still... Why didn't you show me that episode? I don't, I don't even know what episode that's from. I've, that's only, like, seen, I've only seen it uh, on, on it. Find on, it. On yeah. no, that, that <laughs> no, that is like um, what I was getting at earlier. Like, as soon as they oh go, you know, uh, it's the usual progression of these kind of shows. They go from, oh, we're playing with this toy. Oh, look, buy it in stores to catastrophic apocalyptic situations and deep rich war. It, it gets crazy. It really does get crazy. So, yeah, next week, of course, we are going to be going on to the next season of Beyblade, clearly, because you enjoyed it so much. (laughs) I was hooked, to be honest. Oh, oh, clearly, yeah. Let it rip, that's what I say now. (laughs) And on that note, should we just wrap up and say, uh, rock on? Is is that what he says? Rock on? (laughs) I've forgotten already. (laughs) Enough of this episode. Oh, let's forget this episode. Enough of him, let's rock. (laughs) Enough of Beyblade, let's rock. (laughs) 